Thanks for joining us today on the Harvest Podcast. Now here's today's message. We pray that it will bless your life as you listen. We've been here 10 years. Can you believe it? Wow. Wow. A lot has changed. Both my parents were alive. Uh, We've been through several renovation projects in the last 10 years. They've passed away, gone to heaven. And so, you know, the, the purpose of why we're here, when if you go from here south, if you go from here north, up and down Pennsylvania Avenue, all the way from one end of this city to the other end of this city, almost on every other street corner you're going to pass a church. Why us? Why here? Well, I think that a lot of times we put a spotlight on our missions work. You know, that was, that was my dad's call. That's my call. And, and so, you know, we, we focus on that because the Bible says that we need to take the gospel all around the world and make disciples of those who have not heard or had not, have not heard distinctly. And so we do that. We focus that. You saw in the video a large portion of our budget goes to that. But also, one of the, the very most important things that we do here is making sure that you and me get to heaven. What good is it if we save the whole world, but we don't make it ourselves? Hello. And so, and so today, in my message, I'm not going to talk about where we're going. I'm not going to talk about things that in the past. Today, and I'm not going to talk about um, our foreign missions. Today, I'm going to talk about you and me. And I'm going to talk about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so, if you would, in your Bibles, in your smartphone, turn to 2 Corinthians. Now, I'm going to be going quite a few places today, and so you're going to have to kind of keep up. The scriptures are going to be on the screen, but, but um, I'm going someplace, so just kind of bear with me. And, um, you know, Starla said, I'm going to sit up in the balcony today because your sermons usually put me to sleep. And if I'm on the pain meds, I'll for sure go to sleep, and I don't want to sleep and snore in front of the people. And so, baby, go ahead. Just, just lay back and relax. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to begin at verse 7. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure... This knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. Now, if you grew up in a house like Terry and I grew up in, I mean, you would know that there are certain things that you don't touch. My mom didn't move furniture and knickknacks to child-proof the house. My mom house-proofed the child. I mean, it was understood that there were just some things that you didn't touch. Now, you could look at them, you could admire them, but because of the attitude that my folks had, it was, you keep your hands off. Well, did you know that there are certain people who are off-limits to the devil? Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The Word of God says, Your adversary, the devil, walks about like the roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Now, 
If he's seeking whom he may devour, that means that he can't devour everyone. You need to realize that if the devil had his way, you would have been gone a long time ago. But God has kept you for something. There are some people that are literally off limits for the devil. And it's not because they are so strong or powerful, but it's because they are vital to God's plan and his purpose. Isn't it interesting? You may not think anything like this at all, but you're vital to Harvest Assembly of God at 40th and South Pennsylvania. You're vital to God's plan in this local assembly. Now, as, as human beings, we get mis- mixed up thinking that if a vessel uh, or a human being is used of God, that means that the vessel is not like you and me. That mean, We think that that vessel is made out of something special because we think that truly gifted or anointed people, well, they're not human. That they're some sort of super saints. But the fact is, that's not true. The fact is, in every person, you have to make the distinction between what is in the vessel and the vessel itself. Now, when we're talking about God's people, we need to understand that amazingly, amazingly, God can do so much with so little. And God actually fills an ordinary earthen vessel with his extraordinary ointment. And what that means is the glory that is in the vessel is not coming from the vessel itself, but it is coming from what God has put down inside of the vessel. Are you with me so far? And what's interesting is God doesn't care what kind of material material he works with. In fact, God has a tendency to use some of the worst people you can imagine. The very people that you thought no one would ever want to use. God uses them. God will get some gal named Rahab who worked the red light district in Jericho, all painted up, all jeweled up. Don't think about Starla. I'm not talking about Starla. I'm talking about Rahab. The Bible says she was a harlot, not Starla, not Starla, Rahab. But underneath her past, the woman had some faith. And she changed from one lifestyle to another that God used her. So much so that she became in the lineage of Jesus Christ himself. What does that mean for you and me today? That means that you must be significant. Why? Because the car wreck didn't kill you. You must be important because the operation didn't take you out. God must have a plan for your life because your spouse didn't kill you. Make no mistake. Almighty Jehovah God in heaven has an agenda for your life. Verse 6 of our text says, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So it was the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ that lit you up on the inside when you accepted him. And that illumination came from enlightenment. All of a sudden, God lit up an area in your life that was dark, and he did it through knowledge. And suddenly, you knew something about God that you didn't know before. Now, you need to realize that just sitting beside someone who knows it doesn't give it to you. I mean, you can sit beside a scientist all day long, and it's not going to make you a scientist. You can sit beside my sister 
but it's not going to make you brilliant or high maintenance. So God commanded this enlightenment, this light of the knowledge of God to shine in our hearts, and we became a lantern. And now, if everything is working like it's supposed to, this lantern is illuminating the room and affecting everything around it. But my point is, friend, is that the vessel itself has no light at all. If not for what's inside the vessel, it wouldn't affect anything around it. And that thing that was dark before, if you put light in it, begins to transmit a light which it did not create. And you see, that's what being a Christian is. You have the light inside of you, but you are not that light. And so Paul goes on in verse 8 to talk about how we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're struck down, but not destroyed. And the reason that Paul can have confidence during the crisis, during the turmoil, is because he understands the difference between the vessel and what's in the vessel. You can be persecuted, your vessel can be persecuted, but they can't take what God has given you, the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Unless you give it up on your own. And Paul understood that no matter what the vessel goes through, God has an investment in that vessel. Now, we may go through tests, we may go through trials, we may face certain dilemmas, but we're always going to come out on top. Why? It's not on the basis of what we are, but it's on the basis of what we have inside of us. But the sad thing is, some of you are blessed, but you're miserable. Because you feel like you're about to fall off the edge of the cliff. In the back of your mind, you think any minute you're going over. So even while you're up on the mountaintop, you're down in the valley because you're so worried about going down that you can't enjoy being up. But I want you to know, friend, you need to let the devil know God, God, God is the one who brought me here. And if God doesn't take me down, not the devil, not a demon, not a disease, not a dilemma can knock me off. Hmm. So there has to be a distinction made between the treasure, the knowledge, and the vessel. We have God's treasure, but it is in earthen vessels. Us. We are the vessel. Translation, God puts precious stuff in junk. I thought that was funnier than that. I really enjoyed that. Maybe it's too true. <laughs> too much fact. <laughs> too truthful to be funny. Okay, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. We're going someplace. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. I think we're all familiar with the phrase, the devil made me do it. Well, the devil made you do it only because you ignored the way of escape. But isn't that a... a wonderful, interesting scripture with that broad statement. 
Whatever your deepest, darkest, most embarrassing temptation is, there is no temptation that you face that is not common to man. So what's the translation of that? There are no exceptional sinners. No one is any worse than anyone else. Your secret isn't a secret and your disgrace is not unusual. Now, some of you moron, I mean, some of you people there out here, you're saying, well, pastor, are you giving us permission to sin? Come on. Okay. Stay on planet earth with me. All right. I'd like to be on the same page, but at least stay on the same planet with me. Of course not. This isn't about giving you anything or taking anything away from you. I am just stating fact. If I tell you that the battery has to be charged to start your car, that doesn't change. That doesn't give or take away from the truth. But what it does, it just makes you aware of what is true. And you see, the reason why this is so important is that people need to understand this because we're walking around feeling like trash, feeling depressed, defeated, and discouraged because two or three super saints who act like they never did anything wrong or never thought anything wrong, they want to go about ranking our sins. Listen, I've given up waiting on hypocrites to be honest. Hey, you might not have done it, Jacko, but I'll tell you what, I guarantee you've thought it. Don't worry about my dirty laundry. Starla can take care of that. Keep track of your own. I mean, it would shock you. It would shock you, but if... Everyone in this room anonymously wrote down five things that you were being tempted with, and we collected them and read them. It would blow your mind. I guarantee you, you wouldn't want your wife to see it, the list. Now, now I know you can't say amen to that. I know you can't laugh at that. I know you're acting deaf because you know that your wife would ask you when you got in the car, Honey, why did you amen Mike when he talked about that part about temptation? You were born at night, but not last night. But men, don't be fooled. She's got things on her list she doesn't want you to see either. So your temptation is common to man. Now, the bad thing about that, the hard thing about that is, that means you don't get a hall pass. That means you don't get a special permit to have a special little problem that exempts you from victorious living because nobody understands what I've been through but me. My mother died when I was five. I don't know who my dad was. My Aunt Lucy had to raise me, and she had kids of her own, and I always felt left out. I have red hair, this and that. But now it's 40 years later, but you still feel you have the right to be hateful and rude and arrogant because of something that happened to you when you were seven. Now, I am sorry. Sincerely, I am sorry you had to go through what you went through. But the thing is, it happened to everybody else. And if they can make it, if anyone can make it, you can make it too. Now, I know and I understand that's tough love, but it is a fact. And feel free to email me. Let me know that you don't like it. It's okay. Hey, I, I got thick skin. I have a lot of fat on my skin, unlike Starla. But just know that I know where the delete button is on the computer also. 
Now, when something is common, that means it's ordinary. That, that means it's not valuable. It, it's, it's not exceptional. Get my props out. Brought show and tell today. This cup is common. Just an old coffee cup. I don't know, maybe a buck. No big deal. If you broke that while you're washing the dishes, you wouldn't fall apart. Now, if I was trying to impress you and you came to my house, I wouldn't serve you in that. I'd serve my sister in that. But, I'd, that, but, I, but if you were coming, I, I wouldn't pull that out. Well, I wouldn't do it anyway. Starla wouldn't pull that out. Remember, I don't do anything. It's a common vessel, right? Okay, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse, no, 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're, we're going to begin at verse number 19. Oh my goodness. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. Friends, what that means is you never get lost in the crowd. The Lord knows those who are his. God knows where you are anywhere. And the fact, the fact is salvation is based upon this concept of God knowing you. We get hung up on that we know God. We say, oh, oh, I knew the Lord when I was seven years old. Hey, you don't even know your husband. And you've been married to him for 50 years. I mean, you're still finding out stuff about him. Your kids that you bore and you raised, they're still blowing your mind. But you see, we seek God's face that we might know him. You see, there are things that God does that I don't understand. There are things he does that I can't explain. And if I knew him, that means I wouldn't have to trust him. But you see, I trust God even when I don't understand Oh, that I may know him, but while I'm trying to figure him out, he has already figured me out. He already knows my deepest, darkest secrets. He knows my greatest fear, my strongest weakness. God already knows it, and the Lord knows those who are his, and the Lord knows me. And if you're a follower of his, he knows you. What a comfort. Continuing on, and all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Verse 20, in a wealthy home, some utensils are made of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions, and the cheap ones are used for everyday use. In other words, in the wealthy house, in God's house, you have special vessels and you have common vessels. And if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Or another translation says, or his highest, for his highest purpose. So in order to go from being this To being this, you have to keep yourself clean 
from sin because it is sin that is the determining factor that causes a common vessel to become a special vessel. We must purge ourselves from ungodliness and the thing that is common to all men that is causing us to have common struggles in our common life. Now, I'm talking to Christians here today. We're not talking about soul-damning sins. If you're saved, you're in the wealthy house. But if you want God to serve you in excellence, to use you when company comes, to exalt you and raise you up with blessings, then you've got to clean up from the things that you are wrestling with. Those sins that so easily beset us. That's the difference between this and this. And we do that so that we can become what we were not before. God said if you just quit wrestling with those common to man temptations and quit being common in your lifestyle by doing God a favor and coming to church just when you feel like it, and if you'd stop living your life the way you want to live, God has something special for you. Listen, the average Christian wants exceptional blessings, but they give God common service. If you are a waiter or a waitress, you're not going to expect a good tip if you give lackadaisical service. And it's the same way when you serve God. And the common service to God is what causes you to have common testimonies and common experiences and common blessings. But you need to understand that God wants you to know that if you get tired of being common and you're ready to be extraordinary, all you have to do is get consecrated and start shaking the devil off of your life and say, Lord, I'm surrendering every area of my life to you. And the more that you clean your heart up, the less you're going to be a clay pot and the more you're going to become a vessel of gold and silver. There are benefits to being a vessel of honor. Am I stepping on your toes yet? Well, take your shoes off so I can get a better shot. So Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I should myself, I myself should become disqualified. He's saying, I wrestle those common-to-man temptations so that I won't be common or a castaway. What else do I have in here? Castaway. Disposable. Like a paper cup. Now, you don't save a paper cup unless you're crazy or broke. Now, I got this out of my cupboard at home. And we have used this before. But I make Starla clean these Red Solo cups up to use again. And since I'm not broke, I guess that means... But you all knew that, right? But folks, I don't want to be a castaway. I don't want to be disposable. I want to be a vessel that is special in God's plan. 
Because here's the fact, folks. When you have overcome and what you overcome is going to determine what God is going to do with you. And I want God to use me for his highest purpose. You say, well, okay, that sounds good. I like, I like it. I understand. But, but how do we get there? What do we do? How do we stop being a disposable paper cup? I'm going to give you four steps. Quickly. The first one is, you've got to start praying in the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4. The Apostle Paul says, He who speaks in a strange tongue edifies and improves himself. You can stop being just a common plastic cup and improve yourself to a gold and silver vessel by praying in the Holy Ghost. You want proof? Look at Jude chapter 1, verse 18. How they told you there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit, but you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. God says you can build yourself up, and you don't have to have everyone in the church laying hands on you and basting you with olive oil. Now, that's fine, and there's a time for that, but you can improve yourself in the Holy Spirit. And if you will turn off the TV, get your face out of Facebook, snap out of Snapchat, and start praying in the Holy Ghost, you can build yourself up to where you can lay hands on yourself. Listen, the reason church folk are so vulnerable is because they spend more time in the flesh than they do the Spirit. Start building yourself up in the Holy Ghost. And when you do, you will stop complaining about your yesterday. You will stop worrying about your tomorrow. And change is going to come when you get out of yourself and get into the Spirit so God can take care of your situation. When I'm going through it, I'm going to pray my way out in the Spirit. Why? Because I want to be used on my job. I want to be able to help those who are hurting. God, don't let me sin so much in my own house that I can't be a witness to my kids. I'm going to build myself up in the Spirit so God can use me as a vessel of gold and silver. The second thing is you've got to practice godliness. Now, I am trying to learn. You know, they say if, if you don't want your mind to go when you're an old man, you learn something new. So I am trying to learn how to play the bass guitar. Now, I can watch how-to videos all day long, but I am never going to improve unless I practice. Well, the same concept applies to the spirit realm. Did you know anything that is spiritual has to be practiced? And what that means is you've got to wait on something to happen that makes you mad so you can practice not being mad. Practice. Let me practice feeling my temper rage so I can practice controlling it. Listen, true confession, I am not good at that. But I will never be good at it if I don't practice it. 
Let me give you one for thought. Let me practice smiling when I want to cuss you out. Did I say that? That, that was my sister talking. Me. And let me give you a life lesson right here. If you're one of those people who say anything and everything that comes to your mind, sweetheart, you need some more practice. Learn to cultivate that filter. Mister, if you flip out on your children, if you flip out on your wife, woman, if you flip out on your husband, if you kick your dog, you need some more practice. Now, apologizing is good, but it is not enough. You've got to break that spirit. You have to practice if you're going to get better. And God said if you'll stay away from sin, you will be like a vessel of purest gold, the very best in the house, so that Jesus Christ himself can use you for his highest purpose. So practice godliness to stay away from sin. What does that mean? That means run from anything that gives you evil thoughts. McFly, put your thinking cap on. You know that it's coming. If you don't censor what your eyes see and what your ears hear, you know Satan is going to present filth to you. You need to edit Netflix and get into God's picks. And you need to stay close to anything that makes you want to do right. And you know what that means? You ain't going to like this. But you know what that means? That means you need to stop running with some of those people that you love to run with and you need to hate to run with them. How are those toes now? I mean, friend, let me tell you something. People who want you to party all the time, they are not your friends. And let me go a step further. You know those godly people who you think are so boring and so drab and not any fun? Well, those are the folks that are going to help get your carcass to heaven. Why? Because they will not let you defile your body and become a disposable castaway. They will love you enough to not let you do the things that the sinner crowd wants you to do. Practice being a godly vessel. I'm going to skip that one. Got to go. Got to go. The third thing was that you need to examine your motives. You can do the right thing, but you can do it for the wrong reasons. When I do things just trying to show up to my wife, I'll show you. I don't care if I do clean the house. Because God looks at why we do what we do as much as what we do. Then the fourth thing that causes you to cease being a common vessel and makes you a vessel of gold and silver is when you remain faithful in trials. Hurry, Job 23, verse 8. Look, I go forward, but God is there. Uh, excuse me. Look, I go forward, but God is not there. And backwards, but I cannot perceive him. In other words, I'm in a mess, and I don't know where God is. He works on my left hand or my right hand, and I cannot behold him or see him, but he knows the way I take. 
It's like I said earlier, God knows where you are in the crowd. And so I'm going through a test. I'm having a dilemma. I'm in a crisis. All hell is breaking loose. And I don't understand, but God knows all about it. God sees and God knows. And I want you to know, friend, after this, when I get through crying, when I'm building myself up in the spirit, when I'm overcoming the thoughts of temptation, I'm overcoming the temptations that are common to man, I'm learning how to keep my tongue shut up in my face. After this, when he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. I will not be the same. I will have a new attitude. I will do things I, that I used to do. I won't do them anymore. I will not react the way that I used to re- react. When I'm through suffering, I shall be gold. Friend, refuse, refuse, refuse to be common. And you do that because you have not departed from the commandments of his lips. And so he can use you for his highest purpose. Hold on to your faith and don't give up. Let me try and wrap this up. In Daniel chapter 1, verse 1, the Bible says, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into Nebuchadnezzar's hand, along with some of the vessels of the house of God. And so Nebuchadnezzar took these vessels of God and he put them in the treasury of his God, little g. Okay, fast forward to Daniel chapter 5, verse 18. Nebuchadnezzar's son, Belshazzar, is now the king. And Daniel gives him a history lesson about how God gave Nebuchadnezzar a kingdom and majesty, glory, and honor. Verse 20 said, But when his heart was lifted up, Nebuchadnezzar's heart was lifted up, and his spirit was hardened with pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And the Bible says that he lived and he ate with the wild donkeys. What that means is don't mess with God, or he might let your best friend be an ass. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You get on me all the time. Read from the King James. Read from the King James. I only know the King James. That's the King James. Caught you sleeping, didn't I? Verse 22. But you, Belshazzar, have not humbled your heart. He says, you dumb like your daddy. Although you knew all of this stuff and you have lifted yourself up against the Lord of heaven, you and your sinner friends have drunk wine from the vessels of God and you have praised the gods of silver and gold, bronze and iron, wood and stone, which are not gods at all. They cannot see, they cannot hear. And the God who owns all your ways, the God who owns you, you have not glorified. So Belshazzar took vessels that belonged to God and put them in an ungodly place. Have you ever been in a bad situation, but yet you still belong to God? Well, I have to work with ungodly people, but I'm still his. They won't let me read my Bible, but I'm still his. They make fun of my commitment, but I'm still his. 
Now, if Belshazzar had had any brains, he would have gotten an old common vessel. But he made the mistake of abusing something that God had invested too much time in and invested too much work in and that thing that God takes too much pleasure in. And God says, I am not going to let you abuse my holy vessel anymore. Friend, if you consecrate your life to the Lord and the devil tries to touch you, God is going to break in on the devil and let him know the party's over. And today, God wants you to know that he's putting notice on the devil. Satan, you're messing with my holy cuff. Take your hands off her. I have too much invested in her. Take your hands off him. He knows how to overcome. And friend, if you will build yourself up in the spirit, if you will work on living a godly life, examine your motives, keep your faith strong. When you go through the storm, when you face persecution, even though the fire is raging, the fire is hot, you will be a vessel of gold and silver. And what that means is, what that means is God will be able to use you for his highest That's my goal for this church. That's my goal for you in this church. That you and I can be used for God's highest purpose. Bow your heads with me if you would. I'm sorry I ran long today. Psalms 105 says, don't touch my anointed ones. When we think of anointed ones, we think of pastors, evangelists. But I want you to know, friend, you don't have to be a pastor, evangelist, or elder to be anointed. You just need to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, he has the most wonderful plan for your life. But you see, the problem is that so many times we choose to live below His glorious plan. And we choose to only have a common relationship with Him. And the reason is we've bought into the lie that the devil tries to peddle that if we sell out to Jesus, it's going to be hard. Living the Christian life is tough. And besides that, hey, let's be frank. If we sell out to Jesus, we're going to miss all the fun and joy of this life. But friend, I want you to know that an extraordinary relationship with Jesus is not hard. Jesus Christ himself said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He is a man that cannot lie. And the greatest joy you'll ever have is having all eternity to spend with Jesus in heaven. But the icing on the cake is that the joy that you will experience on this earth far, per, far surpasses anything this world has to offer. So the first step in becoming a vessel of gold is to have your sins forgiven. I don't have time to belabor the point. I'm going to get to it. If you want Jesus to forgive you, you have sin in your life, you know you're not living for him, and you're ready, you're ready to ask him to be the Lord of your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. Come on, you have sin in your life. You need to be forgiven. Thank you. Thank you. 
God has a plan for you. Why would you not want to take it? Why would you not want to be a vessel of gold and silver? Are there others? Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on. Holy Spirit's working on you. If you feel it, don't. Don't shy away. Don't turn away. Anyone else? Now, you may be here today and you're a follower of Jesus. But you realize that in the difficulties of life, the hardships that we face, that things have crept in. Those temptations that are common to man, you quite haven't sloughed those off like you used to do. And you know you're not being used like God wants to use you. But it is your desire to be used for His highest purpose. And you know there are some things in your life that you need to take care of. Raise your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any others? God bless you. Stand with me if you would, please. All over this room. Elders, altar workers, would you come and take your place around the front? Friend, I want you to know you were created, you were created, you were created to be God's holy vessel. And His highest will for your life is going to be the greatest enjoyment you can ever experience. The singers are going to create an atmosphere of worship. These are the most wonderful people in the world, and they would love to pray with you. If you raised your hand, if you didn't raise your hand, it doesn't matter. I invite you to come. Don't wait till I get finished talking. Don't wait till they sing. Come on. You raised your hand right now. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. It's a little bit late, but what's the most important thing you're going to do for your eternity? You're going to think back on that time, on that 10-year anniversary, when you made everything right with God. Come on. If you raised your hand, God has the most wonderful thing for you. But by faith, you have to step out to receive it. You've got to come to Him. The precious blood of Jesus Christ. If the Holy Spirit is working on you today, don't tread on the precious blood of Jesus Christ. If you feel Him calling you, it's for a reason. He does not knock on people's doors inadvertently. He does not knock on people's doors unless it is time. So there is time. This is the time. If the Lord is knocking on your door, come on, 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 come on.